The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, you know, we wanted to tackle uh, something that's probably hurting a lot of people right now, and that's fear and anxiety. Uh, weird times right now, right? We're all dealing with this, this COVID-19 situation. A lot of businesses have had to shut down. We're, we're all self-isolating. Um, uncertain, scary times. And, you know, we were thinking about, gosh, you know, they're going to tell us all to go back to work pretty soon. And we're going to have to not just deal with the, you know, being precautious and making sure we don't catch or spread this virus, but also have to deal with the fear and anxiety of being out in the world. Um, and so in this episode, we, we talk about our own personal experiences uh, with fear and anxiety. Why, how chronic fear drove our behaviors in uh, incorrect ways, in ways that were detrimental. Uh, we talk about what fear does to the body, why it's essential, but also why chronic fear can actually be a huge health problem, how it affects your digestive system, your brain, uh, your thoughts, um, and how chronic uh, fear can cause a lot of problems. And then we give you actionable constructive options, things that you can do for yourself to not just manage fear, but to bring it to healthy levels so that it's rational and no longer irrational. Uh, now, this episode is brought to you by Legion. Legion makes some of the best muscle building and health supplements around. My favorite product from Legion is Recharge. Recharge is a creatine product that also has carnitine L-tartrate in it, helps with recovery. Of course, creatine, the most studied uh, muscle building, fat burning supplement uh, ever. Uh, it does help build muscle. It actually improves health. Um, anyway, it's my favorite product from Legion, but they have protein powders. They have a pre-workout supplement. If you like the caffeine pre-workout type supplements, uh, if you like the tingly feeling you get from beta alanine, try out Pulse. That's a, It's a great pre-workout. And right now, one thing that we really like is that Legion is donating a portion of their profits to the Center for Disease Philanthropy. And they're going to do this until things get back to normal. This is a charity that's helping support healthcare workers and individuals who are affected by COVID-19. So uh, great company, great products. And because you listen to Mind Pump, you get a discount. This is how you get that discount. Go to buylegion.com. That's B-U-Y-L-E-G-I-O-N.com forward slash Mind Pump. Use the code Mind Pump at checkout for 20% off all their products. Or if you're a current uh, Legion consumer, you'll get double rewards points. Also, this month, all month long, our two correctional exercise programs that require no equipment at all, just your body, so you can do these at home, MAPS Prime, MAPS Prime Pro, 50% off. So they're both half off right now. Now, MAPS Prime takes you through a full body assessment. It's individualized for your body. 
helps you determine what you need to do before your workout, how you prime your body so that you can get into deeper, more connected squats and deadlifts and overhead presses. Basically, you can make your workout much more effective with a good, solid, individualized 10 to 15 minute priming session. That's what MAPS Prime does. Now, MAPS Prime Pro is all about correctional exercise. You pick areas of your body that you want to focus on that have pain, mobility issues. You go in the program, you follow the outline, and you focus on those areas and you dramatically improve your mobility. Again, they're both 50% off. Here's how you get the discount. Go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and use the code PRIME50. That's P-R-I-M-E-5-0, no space, for the discount. I was thinking about this a lot um, you know, the other day because we are getting to the point where we're going to have to – we're in between a rock and a hard place. Like the rock is there's a virus that's out there that's – you know, it's, it can be dangerous for some people. We don't want it to spread really fast. Not going out there, not going to work, not being around people prevents the spread of it. This is a fact, right? That, you know, social distancing works in that sense. But here's the other fact. Uh, we can't social distance ourselves for that much longer. Definitely not forever, mm. but definitely not uh, – uh, probably not for that much longer. We've seen record numbers of unemployment – People, we need people to make products. We need people to provide services. We need the sense of purpose of going out there. And it made me think uh, uh, to myself of like an analogy of like you're you're you know you're you're in a cave with your family, and you need food. You're hungry. Your kids are hungry. You haven't eaten in days. And you look out in the cave and you see lions every once in a while roaming around. And you know if you go out there. There's going to be a risk of getting killed, but you. But if you don't, you know you're going to starve. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're we're reaching that point because uh, I mean the the people think when they think economics they think you know oh not not a lot of some people will lose some money not a big deal it could be a very big deal and we're reaching that point and I and I started to think about it and I started to get scared and I started to think God what is it going to be like when when because we are going to get the order pretty soon. States are going to start saying to people, go out there. We got to get back to work. We got to get back to our regular lives. But now we've been so scared with all this information. And I thought, how is that going to affect people's behaviors? How it's affecting our health? Like mm-hmm. fear itself is something that um, we also need to, to to pay attention to. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's also this is a, a very touchy uh, subject, right? Because man, I, man, you, I went down the rabbit hole of reading your conversation back and forth <clears throat> on Lane's page. And, you know, I, boy, you got all kinds of hate over it because people misinterpret what you're saying right now to, you know, you're uh, pushing the agenda of, oh, we shouldn't social distance and let's just get everybody out there and this is all a bullshit or, like, I think this is a conspiracy. No, or, no, 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 no. I want to be clear. I'm not an expert. I'm not an infectious disease expert. I don't know when, uh, when the right time is to go out into the world and go back to regular life or closer to regular life. I'm saying when the experts tell us to do that. Right. Well, and I'm saying that they're probably going to say it. It's inevitable soon. it's going to come. 
Yes. And, and so it's like, how do we mentally prepare to then reemerge, you know, out of this as, as I look at it as more of like a storm, like we're all kind of weathering this together. Uh, but now, you know, and there may be more storms that come, but like we have to live our lives. And what does that look like now? Well, you're, I think you, you gave a great analogy. And, and I guess the question is this is, you know, are we starving yet? You know, or are we borderline going to die of not eating. And of course, the, that that's, the analogy, analogy, right? that's yeah. the analogy for the lion. We're not all going to, that's not going to happen for us here in modern times. But, you know, we, we can starve our economy at one point, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at one point, if you shut, if we shut everything down, let's say per a year straight, I mean, it would have this catastrophic, uh, ever everlasting uh, response from that. If that were to happen, right? And now we're not going to be shut down for a year, but then where, where where's the place at? Is it two months? Is it three months? Is it nine months? Or is it soon? Like where where is it that, you know, okay, we have to eat. We have to keep this thing moving. And, and at what point does the staying in become more risky than going out and taking your chances with the lines? There, there's a lot of people that are re- are are waiting and going to rely on and need this check from the government that could be $1,200, $2,400, whatever. They need it because they, they're not going to be able to make it without it. That's one check. That's over – how long have, has the country been effectively you know, shut down now? Four weeks, five weeks, whatever? So we're going to get another one? My point is they're going to tell us we need to go out into the world. The virus is still out there. It's still going to be out there. It's not going to disappear – it's still going to be out there. So what I'm thinking, what I'm saying, and I'm, look, I think we should be precautious and we should be safe. But what I'm saying is, is that we need to consider the impact of our fear because fear, although it's a valuable feeling, we need it. It can also drive irrational behaviors and it can distort. It could distort your perception of things. You know, when people go swim in the ocean you ask them what they're afraid of, more people will tell you they're afraid of getting eaten by a shark mm-hmm. than they are of drowning. The odds of drowning are so much higher. You know, when we drive in our cars every single day, we run a, especially when you consider it over your whole lifetime, a, it's, a, it's not an insignificant risk of getting in a car accident. But we get in our car, and I don't, I'm not afraid every time I get in my car. I just get in my car, and I, and I go. Isn't that interesting? You know what it is, though, yeah. right? It's the, the two examples that you're giving right now one of them is in our control the other one is not right if i it go feels sw- that way right right if i go swimming you know i and i drown it's by my own cause if i get attacked by a shark i didn't something see coming, else something else an mm-hmm. outside force and that's what we're facing right now is this outside force an infectious disease that we don't have a vaccine for and the what if becomes scarier potentially than the actual likelihood of it actually killing you. Totally, that's totally. What we're seeing, and right this now. is a big thing, you know. Um, in uh, something like twenty percent, this is a big chunk, right? Twenty percent of Americans have like diagnosed chronic anxiety type issues. It's it's growing. This is before, by the way, all this went down. So this is before you. I, I would have to guess. Again, I'm not a health expert on this. But I would have to guess that number's higher now, right? I, I I would have to guess that there's probably more people right now suffering from chronic fear mm-hmm. uh, or anxiety than than before. But so before all this went ha- went down, twenty percent uh, of people um, uh, had you know diagnosable anxiety type issues, and that drives uh, a lot of your behaviors. You know, it drives the way that your brain perceives and remembers and thinks of things. I mean, it's funny because. Recently, 
I did an antibody test for for COVID, and I was po- I, I was sure that I would come out positive. Actually, came back negative. Right, I got the test back. I don't have antibodies, and for a short period of time, I felt more fear again. All of a sudden, I felt vulnerable. Like, oh, I'm going to go out there. Maybe I can get a. But but when I was thinking I had it before. I all of a sudden was my fear. Now I didn't change my behaviors either way, in the sense that I was I'm still washing my hands or whatever. But I know that fear can can be a very powerful uh, motivator, and it can have some really uh, negative detrimental effects on your health. So we need to think about how to handle that as we start to move forward. Well, you have to recognize too that uh, I've, that percentage that you just brought up about anxiety and and fear in people. Um, I wish I remember the statistic on this, but I know it was north of 50% of those people uh, have multiple types of fear. So it's almost like a a characteristic that a person has. So once you uh, accept that you are fearful of things, you're more likely to be fearful of other things totally. too. It's mm-hmm. a state of mind. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that is just a, a trickling effect. You know, the, the number the number one reason uh, why, why businesses or anything for this matter, even fitness goals fail is just uh, the failure to start and begin. Because fear it, of failure. Yeah, a fear, fear of failure. And it's also the number one thing that feeds procrastination. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be good at it. I'm afraid it's not going to be You want to hold on to it. You want to launch it. It's your comfort zone. Yeah, the, the minute that you decide to put it out there, you're going to get judged. It's, it's going to take on its form of like either it's going to win or it's going to fail. And, and that's, that, that is something that's very scary for a lot of people to get going. And that's something that will hold you back almost indefinitely unless you address it. Dude, I'll give you an example. Like years ago, um, my house got robbed, right? We, we, I was at work. And I get a call from, you know, my, at the time, my wife and, you know, somebody, you know, broke in the house and ransacked. So I jam over there and they, someone broke in, you know, took a bunch of stuff, went through all the drawers and, you know, there was a big mess or whatever. Obviously nobody was home. Nobody got hurt. Um, And this is, this happens sometimes to people, but, you know, I have a family, I have children. I remember them going, they went through my kids' rooms. They stole my kids' piggy bank. Mm. The thought of some other person in my kids' room going uh, through their so stuff. So violating. Yes. They went through my wife's underwear drawer. You know, the thought of some some person doing that or whatever. And being the father, having the fear of what if I'm at work or what if I'm on a business trip and something happens? And that fear drove me to make some pretty silly, looking back, silly decisions. I bought a crossbow. I bought a... <laughs> I bought a sword. I had a sword next yeah, to my bed. What is samurai wait, wait, sword? Right? Why a crossbow? Yeah. What, because what, let me hear the logic behind that. You want to know why? You're watching good. Walking Dead. No, 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 no. Let me hear the. I want to hear the logic on the crossbow. Because I, I, me, I would. I okay. I would. I've been. I've been. You know, robbed or cars. Two of my cars have been stolen. I think shotgun. So right. why a crossbow? That's because you have a, to wait. Because I got the gun. I went to go get the gun. You got to wait 10 oh, days. Yeah. I'm getting the crossbow today. But there's an example. What a great example. You were so fearful at the moment that this could happen again that I can't wait 10 days for the shotgun. No. I needed a crossbow Tonight. for tomorrow I got a, in case they come back tomorrow. I got this freaking <laughs> black blade uh. weird sword looking thing that I could get. It's the fastest thing I could do in my house. Put it next to my bed. Just in case I couldn't get to something fast enough that I'd go through hacking with it. I mean, just yeah. and, and every noise I heard yeah. for a month afterwards, I was on hyper alert. And everybody that walked in our neighborhood that I didn't recognize, you know, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna watch you. You know what I mean? Right. But it drove me. This fear drove me. And it could it, if I had let it, it could have you know. Uh, now luckily I was okay. Everything was fine. But I could see like I experienced what that did and how that drove my 
my behaviors and things. And it, a lot of those were irrational because, you know, the odds of something bad happening again were still low. You know, you could do the rational stuff, get an alarm system and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. boy, did it drive me. Well, and th that's an, ac an acute situation, too. I wonder how much of that is like how much that overall situation then has this compounding effect of built anxiety inside of you and that just feeds into everything else that you feel anxious or nervous or fearful of too. Well, you see that yeah. too when people will have like a, like a woman who's assaulted by a man and then now she's fearful of men. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like a, that, that, that can cause that, right? Where now I'm afraid of men because one time I was assaulted by a person, by a man. Or you get in a car accident and then after that, now I can't drive the car anymore um, because it's fear run amok. And the, and the situation that we're in now... We have this invisible, uh, you know, virus, this invisible pathogen, and you know, it, it, you you go out into the real world. It's time to go back to work. You know, take the precautions. But if you let that fear seep into you and control you, it's never going to be, uh, you know, back to normal like it was before. It's it's oh, gonna, it's, and it's your, consuming you. Yeah, all your interactions with other people. I mean, it's going to be affected by that 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 rooted fear there. Where you know, even just meeting people, acknowledging, greeting people, like all this stuff is going to change if it's all based off of you know, like your 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 sense of fear that you still carry with you, uh, you know, versus like giving giving somebody the benefit of the doubt and and really trying to immerse yourself again, you know, with other people. I remember the story you told when you were a kid uh, speaking in front of the classroom. Yeah. Yeah, that affected. And that's the thing. I could trace back all the way back to fourth grade, like it was yesterday, because it was such an impactful moment for me where I wasn't prepared and I was in front of my peers and I was trying to speak on a subject I didn't really know anything about. And all the insecurities, everything else started to flood in immediately. And I didn't know if I could like get out. I felt like the, almost a claustrophobia in front of everybody to where I I just stopped mid sentence I froze and then I and then I walked off and then later on everybody tried to console me like hey it's fine but you know just that moment it it stays in my psychology so then when I go into a group and I'm about to say something like it's it's that fear of like this might come up again like mm -hmm. this might always come up. and did I you avoid it afterwards a hundred percent I I avoided any sort of uh, Situation where I had to present in front of class, in front of like my team, my peers, like uh, sports of events, things like that. I was just me doing my myself, me always doing myself and doing it the best I can do. And, you know, and so this is something I'm still working. I'm still really trying to break this 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 fear that's deep rooted within me uh, and face it. And, and that's something that's a very big challenge of mine. Mm -mm. I, I think you've done a pretty good job, actually. Well, it, yeah. I like you using that example, too, because a lot of times our our fear is insidious. And it's something that is deeply rooted in like this insecurity that you've had since you were like a child and you don't even realize it. Yeah. yeah. Like, And I'll give you an off analogy that has nothing really to do with like health, health and fitness or even like COVID right now, but just how fear can creep in and be this kind of forever driver. And until you learn to become self-aware about it and then begin to unpack it, uh, do you ever get move forward with it or overcome it at all? And, you know, I, for me, uh, and I've shared on the podcast before that, you know, I, a lot of my motivation, right? Here's another thing too. A lot of times that we justify uh, fear uh, that we're, we're motivated 
oh, this motivated me. Like when I was a young kid, uh, you know, there was situations where, you know, we didn't pay our PG&E bill, so lights were out, couldn't have the refrigerator running, we were living out of a cooler, uh, evicted from houses, stuff like that, right? And, you know, as a young kid, what I thought was, uh, or what I didn't connect as this, you know, childhood fear that I had, it was, I don't want to be like mom and dad, and that's what motivates me to be successful, and that was like this main driver for me. But the truth is, I was fearful. My fear as as I got older was I don't want to be like that, or I never want to be in that situation. And so it would it would cause all these other behaviors that I would do. And sometimes that could be something like uh, I lost relationships. Um, I was so driven financially to be successful, uh, and was so fearful of not having or potentially being you know out you know on the streets that I would just completely get tunnel vision, ignore my partner, uh, because that's all that, that, that mattered to me was having it. Now, and the reality of it, I mean, I, I've, I, I've never had to want or need since I've been a young adult. Since, mm-hmm. the, since I started working at 19 years old, I've always had money. I've always had a savings. I've always been okay. But not in my head. In my head, because it's so deeply rooted in this fear of not having or being in that situation, my perspective, it still to this day, even when Katrina and I have conversations, the difference is that I'm aware of that fear now, and I'm aware of how insidious it is that when it uh, rears its head in, in today's time for me, and if I start to notice it cause an issue in my like a relationship, like with Katrina and I, and this is literally, this is a true story, literally fucking three days ago. Uh, you know, Katrina sends me over, uh, you know, the bill that we have to pay the, um, our housekeeper. And, uh, obviously I'm in a place where I can afford to have a housekeeper and do these things. I have a savings or invested. We run our business very conservatively and I like, you know, come unglued on her cause it's like $60 more mm. than what it was like before or whatever. Right. And I'm just like, mm. You know why? Why I don't understand? Why did? And then I'm like, you know, blaming her for not telling me sooner. And she's like, you know that we have this. You're the one who wants it. Why are you giving me such a hard time? And it's, and it, and I'm all heated in the moment. And I'm pointing other things out that, well, you didn't tell me the week before. And why is it this? Because it was this before that. And I'm like, and then I have to catch my breath, realize that it doesn't fucking matter if it's north or south sixty dollars. At the end of the day, I do want the help and the service. We have the money and the savings. It's not a big fucking deal whatsoever. All that shit comes all the way back to my fear as a kid of not having him being broke and therefore I overreact mm-hmm. on all these other things. And so it's it's crazy when it's very easy when it's an obvious thing like COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. You know, that's in front of all of us right now. And you know even even the the people that don't claim to be fearful, there's got to be some part of you, or you don't have a heart or compassion if you're not fearful for a loved one. You know, everybody's got a, an obese or a diabetic family member or somebody in advanced age who is a direct threat to or, or in, in risk, the high risk category for this. And so you should have at least some sort of fear or compassion of them potentially getting it, even if you don't think mm-hmm. you you think you are invincible. Mm-hmm. So these are obvious fears in front of us, but there's a lot of these things that are deeply rooted and cause our behaviors and the way we react today and learning to understand them and go through them is extremely important. It's very important. In, in again, fear is uh, it's essential. It's natural. Um, a certain amount of it is healthy. Just like you said, Adam, if you had literally no fear, it'd be a very dangerous world mm-hmm. uh, that we would live in. Um, but it can definitely um, r- run amok. Um, it can cause um, some problems. And I think 
now more than ever, at least in my lifetime, um, this is the risk that we have to kind of pay attention to because uh, kind of what's going on. Now, fear does a few interesting things uh, to your body. Of course, it's now it's needed to help you prepare to react to danger. That's why we have it in the first place. The reason why you feel it in the first place is because it actually prepares you and your body to deal with danger. It actually sharpens certain functions that help you survive, like your eyesight. Your eyesight actually sharpens when you're scared. Um, your amygdala gets activated to focus on present danger and store it as a memory. Okay, so this is good. This is a good thing when it's beneficial to you. This is a bad thing when it's not. Because now, why is it why is it a good thing to focus on present danger and store it as a memory? Well, if I walk around that that tree over there and I and there's a uh, a, a group of guys that you know try to rob me. Or ninja suits. <laughs> that'd yeah. be weird. Yeah. To try to rob me, I'm going to remember that corner. I'm going to remember that part of the neighborhood. I'm not going to go back there. You know, go back thousands of years. It was a lion. I went around. Oh, there's a group of lions over there. I definitely remember the location. We're not going over there anymore. That's that's a very important thing. But check this out. Here's the opposite side of that. It actually. Uh, Chronic fear, and here's where the problem is, okay, is chronic fear. This is when it becomes an issue. Chronic fear actually starts to damage parts of the brain like the hippocampus, and it impairs long-term memory. So you remember fearful shit more, and you forget everything else more. Oh, man. So over time, chronic fear actually starts to paint a scary world. Dude, it's so important. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I had to mm-hmm. cut in and say something to you because this was so, something that um, I, not that long ago, had this epiphany of what it, you're exactly what you're explaining right now. And maybe this will speak to somebody else who has a similar experience. Um, and this has helped me with my relationship with my parents. So I had a lot of animosity because of the shit that would happen as a kid. But part of what I've recognized as I've gotten older and become more aware, and to the point you're making right now, Sal, is that it's really shitty that this works this way, but I know, you know, even though my memories are, are have faded a lot since I was a kid, I know every day it wasn't fucking turmoil and sad. My fucking life wasn't that bad. The shitty part is the way we're wired. I remember all of that clear as fucking day. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the Disneyland trip. I don't remember the freaking time we were all laughing as a family together. I don't have those. Those are not solidified in my brain. All of the fucking bad shit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is, and all the stuff I was fearful of, or the moments I was scared in my life as a kid growing up, and there was a lot of those. But I know there. Here's the thing: there was a lot of those, but there were still a lot more good times. Yeah. But the shitty part is understanding the way the brain works mm-hmm. and knowing that my brain did not wire was not wired to hold on to all the good stuff. It was wired to remember the scary shit. And solidify that. And so what takes a lot of self-awareness as we age and get older is to learn to detach and separate that and understand that fact that, oh, wow, maybe a lot of this this, this negative view I have about someone or something or situations is my own perceived view of it because 
the way my brain operates that it saves it saves all that stuff like on the hard drive bad 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 but it really wasn't that bad so that's something that you totally. have to think about yeah you can see that too how uh you know we prop up a lot of entertainment a lot of news a lot of all these things that are very much you know negative focus like things that are, that were fearful of happening uh and if it's happening on any part of the world we want to know about it you know that's that's the most important thing is to avoid you know whatever's happening way the hell somewhere else that i should not be concerning myself with right now but that's been the pattern because it's so much easier now with global access to information across the world for us to consume uh, whatever we can in terms of that type of information. And this, unfortunately, just keeps you know perpetuating uh, this this vision of the world being in turmoil and everything being like negative. And that's that's what you're focused on. You're fixated on it. Totally. It, it literally what ends up happening is it literally starts to because your perception is your reality. Whatever you think reality is, is just how you perceive things. So some people can have a, a perception of reality that is more positive, that is filled with more gratitude, uh, that is silver linings everywhere. Uh, you know, my wife, Jessica, is excellent at this. You know, when she talks about growing up and in her life and all that stuff, I know she had a hard life. I know she wasn't, but she's very good at the, at the silver lining. So she has, she does mm -hmm. a good job of framing things. And so when she thinks of things and talks about them, you know, I shake my head. Wow, you, 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 a lot of what you say and think is positive, even though I know a lot of this other stuff happened. Um, so if you don't do that and you allow chronic fear to take over, the, your perception starts to slowly change. And we know this even physically with your brain. Hippocampus starts to shrink. Amygdala is always activated. So now what ends up happening is you have a scary perception of the world that's also confirmed by your memories. So now it's like a self-feeding, mm -hmm. you know, feedback loop, and things feel worse and worse. This is why sometimes it can be so hard to get out of a fear loop. It can be so hard to stop it because it feeds itself continuously. Um, fear slows down and changes digestion. Now it does this because when you're when there's a real present danger, you want your digestion to stop for a second. You want all the energy to go to your muscles and your eyesight and your hearing so you can escape. But over time, chronic chronic fear damages your digestion, actually leads to uh, IBS. It can make you more susceptible th to things like ulcers. Uh, chronic fear decreases fertility. Now, why would chronic fear decrease fertility? Well, you think your body uh, thinks it's wise for you to produce a child in an environment that's scary? It doesn't have to be scary, by the way. Again, it's how you perceive it mm -hmm. to be. So if you perceive it to be scary, your brain... And your body, it, it is scary. That's just it. So now we're going to decrease fertility. Uh, hormones start to change, right? Testosterone levels actually drop in men. Uh, Short-term fear can actually sometimes make it spike. But long-term chronic fear makes it go down. You're, you're Now you're becoming weaker. Your body's actually starting to become weaker. It accelerates aging. In extreme cases, fear can actually cause death and premature death. They know this for a fact. And we know that through studies of people who live a long time that one of the one of the, the reasons why they could live a long time is that they uh, they don't have they don't suffer from um, or, you know or at least I should say they perceive things to be okay. You don't have to be fake by it. You don't have to perceive things to be amazing, but they tend to perceive things as being okay and fine rather than being 
super, super scary all the time. So we know about all of this, right? So we know that chronic fear can cause problems, health problems. We know that chronic fear can drive irrational behaviors. We know that it can change our behaviors with our partners and families. It can change our, if we decide to open a business or take our, you know, change our jobs. I know people that are stuck in jobs that they hate, Mm -hmm. but they're so scared of something different that they stay in something that they know that they hate. It can change your, your diet and what, what kind of foods you're driven to eat. Um, of course, uh, your body's looking for quick energy. Maybe you're looking for quick reprieve, so you're more likely to eat foods that are unhealthy. Um, it drives things. It can drive things in a negative way. Knowing that and knowing the the current situation, what do we do? Well, there's things that you can do. Um, for example, uh, vain, uh, voluntary, arousing, negative experience. Right. This, these are examples of like uh, roller coasters, scary movies, mm. you know, going into a situation that you know is dangerous or scary, but it's your choice to head into that. It builds confidence. Yeah. It, you're exercising that muscle, that it's part like exposure of exposure therapy, that, that part of the, the body, how you react to it, how you handle it both mentally and physically. It's a way, and this is, uh, and this connects. This really connects to our mindset episode. This really connects to the story of sharing, uh, you know, uh, Jessica's childhood and my childhood. You know, part of uh, what is, I think, ha- why I've had a lot of success as I've gotten older is because I thought I had, I had incredible training ground when I was mm-hmm. younger. Mm-hmm. So I, if I went through all this stress and scary and sad stuff when I was younger, you you start to exercise that, and it becomes easier and easier every time you face that. So then when you do get hit with something that maybe everybody else thinks is, oh my God, so scary, it doesn't even really crack that for you. Mm-hmm. In fact, I said that on my questions the other day. When, uh, you know, somebody was asking me about, you know, how am I handling anxiety during this time, during this time? And I said, honestly, when, when I use, and I put in quotations this time, um, and I talk about it, a lot of it is coming from a, a place of empathy for the, the, I know a lot of people are. I know a lot of people are having a really, really, I've got family and, and cl- people close to me that do have a lot of anxiety, that have lost jobs, that are extremely stressed out. But it, if I'm being completely honest, this doesn't even hit my top 100 of the most scariest, stressful times in my life. So it, it, I'm handling it like I would handle every single day. Now, a, a part of that is the the preparation, both physically, financially, mindset-wise, that I have going into all this, I, I think. I think that has a, a lot to do with it. But a, a lot has to do with the, the 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 mindset, too, of being okay with exercising this, You know, going finding your fears and facing it and going through it. Mm-hmm. The more you do that, the better you will get at that practice. Well, you, you know why that, so- that, that sounds, uh, why there's something very positive about that? Because I know a lot of people, when things... Uh, start to go back to normal when it's time to go back to work. It's time to, you know, start in, you know, with precaution, all that stuff. People are going to be very afraid of walking into the office with yeah. 30 other coworkers and it's going to suck. It's going to really suck. But what's, what's comforting about what you're saying, Adam, is when you do it, the more you do it, the less it'll suck. Mm-hmm. So 
be prepared for the fact that it's uh, know that you're doing it voluntarily. No. Go into it and know that it's going to get better. But yeah, that is a training uh, technique. It's to put yourself in scary situations that you can control. Well, and, and it, you get better at it. And why I like why I do like talking about this is because it does it bleeds into business, it bleeds into fitness, you know. You know how many clients I had that when we first started to, you know, start their training, and I'd ask them, you know, why today? Why, you know, you're 40 something years old and you're finally getting started. A, a lot of, of the fear was the fact that they would fail before. I didn't even want to start because I didn't know where to start yeah. or that I would just gain it all back. I had tried a few times before. And then, so they had already d- decided in their brain that, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to fail or they would, they, they, a fear of failing if they tried again. And the only reason why maybe they're there today is because their doctor said, if you don't do it, you're going to die. And it's like almost scared them into that position. And so the, again, motivated by fear mm-hmm. to come in to, to, to hire this personal trainer. But I know there's a lot of people out there that, that are like that, that are just afraid. to, And that, again, could be your fitness goals. It could be a business or leaving a company, like you said, Sal, and going to do something else. At the end of the day, if you don't practice that, if you don't practice facing those fears and overcoming and becoming comfortable, we said this in the mindset episode, become comfortable with the, the worst outcome, except the worst thing that could happen. The absolute worst. This is a tough exercise to do. It is. It's not easy. And make mm-hmm. peace with it and then move forward from it. Because yeah. any energy that you waste dwelling on the uncontrollable is wasted energy that you could be using to move forward. Totally. Mm-hmm. I think you should you 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 need to accept uh what you can't control. So you do what you can and then leave the rest to the fact that you can't control it. Because I think what ends up happening is we think that the that if we worry about it, it'll be better somehow. Like if I keep worrying about this, it'll, I won't like forget. You're going to solve something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, that's. And I think a lot of people can identify with trying to be like a fixer. Like I want to like keep like m- like mulling this over in my mind, so that way there's something that makes sense to me that like I have a, a plan of action or something I can do. But these are these are things that are uncontrollable, mm-hmm. and there's there's many forms of that in life. And and the more that you can you know put your brain around the fact that there are going to be uh, the unaccounted for you know types of of forces out there that are going to come and, and you're going to experience it. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to, to make friends with the fact that they exist and that you can only control what you can control and just know what those things are and stay there. Well, there's, there's also ways for you to train this, right? So part of what makes this, this stress and the fear compound is that, that fight or flight part of your brain when it goes there. It thinks you're in danger, and so it goes to the flight or flight. And then there's ways for you to learn to, to get out of that, so you know, uh, you know, sexual activity, meditation, exercise—all uh, these things are ways to move you out of that part of your brain. And so, when you get into this situation, especially when it's uncontrollable, like we're dealing with right now, you know, instead of dwelling on it so much, take action by trying to do some of these things that will pull you out of that flight or fight. And the better you get at recognizing outside uncontrollable fear. And taking action quicker, and you get quicker and quicker at that, the less fear you'll have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, meditation's good because it it helps stop the loop. Because mm-hmm. when you're when you're in chronic fear mode, it can, so does masturbation. Master, yeah. actually, that's 
That's actually, you know, it's it funny. It erupts your way out. <laughs> they they yeah. say that, that sexual activity is a great way to, to get out of fear mode. The problem is is getting aroused while scared for some people might not be possible. <laughs> it takes a little longer. Yeah. I mean, I can't be alone yeah. as a guy. Your wife's like, I'm so scared. <laughs> yeah. Take your pants off. What? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you. I, I can't be alone as a guy who's ever, whoever couldn't sleep and it was in, in his head. Because well, when I think about like being in my head at night, I can't sleep. I know that some of that's rooted in anxiety. I'm yeah. thinking about, oh, where's the business going to be tomorrow? Oh, with this employee. And so there's there's fear and anxiety. I'm like, well, nothing gets rid of that better than masturbating or anything. You know what I'm saying? That, <laughs> yeah. that just breaks that loop right away. You Get know, fear fall, right out of yourself. fall right to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is just true. Connecting out. with people, uh, physical activity. Physical activity is a great one too. Like hard physical activity mm-hmm. can make you feel present. Now, why is that beneficial by the way, you don't want you don't want to abuse that one, but if you use it properly, okay, how does hard physical activity help with fear? Okay, besides the physical health that you can get from it, besides the fact that your your muscles are going to be stronger and you're leaner and your brain's working better from a physical standpoint, all of that stuff helps, by gets the way. Gets you out of your head, makes it's you present. Expended energy. It, 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 right, it makes you you're you're there. Like yeah. you're working hard. Yeah. You are thinking about what you're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. And what it does is it breaks the loop. So when you're frozen with fear, you're stuck in this fear loop, and sometimes all you need is enough reprieve to be able to look at it. But you can't look at it when you're in it. So hard activity, going on a hike, doing a hard workout, putting on some music, and getting a good lift in, you're out of it long enough to where you broke the loop. You're like, oh, man, I feel so much better. Now you can look at, man, I was in a fear loop there. like, And you can examine it. Meditation does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Meditating is literally practicing you know, for lack of a better term, practicing just being present and it breaks that loop so you can move out of it. It's crazy you say that because it's, uh, and this is my experience, so I could be totally off base with this, but in my experience, a lot of my friends that I know that are serious, like power lifters, actually are internally tortured by other stuff. And why I think they, part of why I think they love powerlifting so much, because any power lifter will tell you this, throw 600 pounds on your back. You ain't thinking about nothing but that. You can't. It Mm -mm. completely takes you out of everything else that's going on in the world Mm -hmm. and it puts you 100% focused. And what what it takes to become a 600-pound squatter or deadlifter is an immense amount of training under load for a very long period of time. So a lot of times those guys and girls that I've met uh, they have got a lot of other outside stress and bullshit, but that's that's their church, their their safe space. That's mm-hmm. their place where they have the most calm and focus is under the most physical demand and stress. Mm-hmm. It's pretty yeah. crazy. I can identify with that on some level. I think too, like um, you know, just getting out of your mind and focusing on the body and like being in the body, like uh, it really helps to kind of close uh, or shut down that, that perpetual loop quite a bit and uh, just expending energy. It it helps to kind of divert a lot of that energy that's going into these thoughts, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, it's super beneficial for me. Like I, I need to expend energy constantly to be able to keep my mind sharp. Yeah. And the key is to understand this is you're not going to like get rid of fear so that you're all of a sudden uh, fearless. That would make you not human it's that the fear doesn't control you in unhealthy and irrational ways and it's accepting that you have some fear you know when when a when a firefighter runs into a burning building do you think they don't have fear of course they do it just doesn't control them Mm -hmm. it doesn't stop them they're disciplined enough to acknowledge the fear but to move forward anyway so that it doesn't influence their behavior so that they make big mistakes so one way you can reframe some of this 
is to think of yourself as a hero. Well, we we are the, when when things open back up and it's time to go back to work, you are doing the world, you're doing your country and the world a good thing by getting yourself out there, risking yourself so that things can move forward again. You take the precautions, you wash your hands, be careful who you're around, all that stuff, but you move forward anyway. And sometimes, you know, years ago, I I, I was going to do a, a talk in front of a, a very, very large group. And talking in front of people, not really an issue for me normally. I'll get the normal amount of nervousness, but not a big deal. But this was a group of people that were above me in position. They were all people I looked up to. There was a lot of them. I was going to go out there. I was going to do my thing. And I started to get real nervous. And I remember, I think that the, the manager I worked under recognized that I was a little nervous. And he told me, he says, Sal, I need you to go out there and I need you to get these people to, 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 to feel passion and motivation like you feel. And all he did was make me feel like the hero. Still scared, but now I felt like I had to do this for other people. I was up there. Fear is mm-hmm. still there, mm-hmm. but now I'm moving forward. This is just one way you can reframe, just like the cave story. You know, I think about that because I think to myself, because believe me, listen, this is hitting me right in my my fear spot. There's certain things for me that are very difficult to deal with. And I'm I'm a, a bit of a germaphobe anyway. So this is like a worst case scenario for someone like me. And I think about this cave scenario because when I think about doing things for my family, no amount of fear will stop me. Still feel it. It's not going to stop me. In fact, it feels empowering. Mm-hmm. And that's back to the control thing that that's I think right. you, you were talking about. So reframing the situation. But when things change, when it's time for us to step out into the world again, take your precautions, but also be rational. Don't let the fear control you. And what you may need to do is you may need to incorporate more practices to help solve this for you. You may need to develop a meditation or prayer practice. Maybe you don't have one now, but now you might need one. You might need to practice things like gratitude. Gratitude is a great way to to offset fear. Mm-hmm. When you're scared, to consciously think about things that you're you're grateful for. Um, exercise is more important now than it was when you wanted to lose 15 pounds. I'm just going to tell you that right now. It's nice that you wanted to burn body fat and you want to build muscle and you want to look great. That's all great. But if you're feeling uh, controlled by your fear or you're afraid of getting back into the world, exercise is a much more important role for you. It's not fat burning. It's not building muscle. It's helping you deal with your fear, helping you control it rather than it control you. Uh, And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download all of our guides and resources. You can also find the three of us on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal and Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. 
If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support. And until next time, this is Mind Pump.